welcome to the Corny and Lind Legal Chatter Podcast, where we discuss different but likely scenarios, provide general legal information, and get to know our lawyers. Please note that this podcast series does not provide or intends to provide legal advice. Welcome to another episode of Corny and Lynn's Legal Chatter. My name is Tabitha and I'm a law clerk in our family law team. On today's episode, I speak with one of our family lawyers, Brooke Nickerson, about family law and specifically domestic and family violence. To start off, Brooke, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why family law interests you? Yeah, thanks Tabitha. Um, I've been working at Corny and Lynn for four and a half years, first as a law clerk and now as a lawyer. Um, And I've spent the majority of that time in our family law team. And I think what I love about working in the family law team is the opportunity that we have to help our clients through what can be one of the most difficult experiences a person can have in life. Yeah. Yeah. So 2020 was recorded as one of the worst years for domestic violence in Australia and around the world. And the statistics aren't falling in 2021. So can you tell me more about that? Yeah. In July 2020, the Australian Institute of Criminology released a report which surveyed 15,000 Australian women. And the report showed that one in five women experienced domestic violence from a current or former partner. And for many of those women, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic coincided with the start or increase of violence and abuse. Um, And I think Um, They identified a few reasons for that and mentioned that the COVID-19 pandemic has meant that um, victims and offenders are spending more time together. Um, The social isolation has meant that for victims, um, their avenues for reaching out for help have been restricted. Um, There's been an increase in situational stresses, um, for example, financial stress and unemployment. Um, which have sometimes been associated with domestic violence. And for many offenders, um, there has been a feeling of being out of control due to those factors. Um, And so for many of them, unfortunately, they've used violence and abuse as a means of um, creating some sense of control. And I guess this has led a lot of people to say that 2020 was the worst year for domestic violence. Um, There is still minimal research on the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic on the prevalence of domestic violence. Um, And the prevalence of it can also be quite difficult to accurately measure as many women who experience domestic violence don't engage with police or um, support agencies, particularly while they're in a relationship with the abuser. And I guess I wanted to just note too that Um, these women aren't just statistics they're actually real people you know they're daughters and sisters and friends and mothers and um, they're women in our own community Um, yeah and a group called Counting Dead Women Australia count every death due to violence against women in Australia and um, they noted that as of the 23rd of April 2021 there had been 11 deaths of women this year alone um, and they're women like Lordi Ramadan, Kelly Wilkinson, Min Suk Moon, a woman whose name was unknown to them, 
Jasmine Kaur, Robin Beaver, Ju Zing, Michelle Norris, Adekruai Mitiang Ata, Rubanshia, Stephanie, and Stephanie Lee Robinson. It's so sad to hear. Um, can you explain, you know, what led them here, what domestic violence is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so domestic violence is behaviour by one person towards another in a relevant relationship that's physically, sexually, emotionally, psychologically or economically abusive or is threatening or coercive or in any other way controls or dominates the other person and causes them to fear for their safety or well-being or that of someone else. So some examples would include causing injury to a person or threatening to do so, coercing a person to engage in sexual activity or attempting to do so, repeatedly contacting a person, repeated um, derogatory taunts, preventing a person from making or keeping connections with their family, friends or culture, um, preventing a person from having access to um, joint financial assets uh, for the purposes of meeting normal household expenses, preventing a person from seeking or keeping employment, threatening to commit suicide or self-harm to torment, intimidate or frighten the person, um, or unauthorised surveillance of a person. Um, or in other words, you know, the unreasonable monitoring or tracking of the person's movements um, without their consent. So an example of that might be reading their text messages, monitoring their social media account, um, or using a GPS tracking device to track, to track them. Um, and these are just some examples. Like there are so many more examples of behaviour that would constitute domestic violence. Um, and it's worthwhile just noting that other people need to be in a relevant relationship. So that might be you know, an intimate personal relationship. So, for example, a couple, um, a family. So the Queensland government have announced plans to set up an independent task force to consult on potential coercive control legislation. Can you talk us through what coercive control is and what the task force is trying to do? Yeah, so coercive control is a form of domestic violence and it occurs where the perpetrator dominates and controls the victim's daily life through non-physical means. So this may look like the perpetrator isolating the person from their friends or family, controlling, tracking and limiting, limiting a person's travel appearance um, and access to financial resources, depriving them of basic needs or access to support services, you know, such as medical services, repeatedly putting them down, humiliating, degrading or dehumanising a person, or making threats or intimidating that person. And um, coercive control is often masked as pseudo-caring, um, so where in reality um, it's used to manipulate the victim and cause them to become isolated and dependent on the perpetrator. Um, and in Queensland, there has been discussion about making coercive control a criminal offence. And overseas, this has already been done first in England and Wales and now in Scotland as well. And those who argue in favour of criminalising coercive control say that it will you know, raise awareness of the behaviour hold perpetrators accountable and send a message to other perpetrators that the behaviour is not acceptable. Um, and those who argue that perhaps criminalising coercive control may not be in the best 
or may not be the best way to address the issue, suggests that um, the prosecution of a criminal offence is dependent on the incident being reported to police and often perpetrators use um, fear, intimidation, isolation and dependence as tactics which may prevent the victim from reporting to the police. And it also focuses on a pattern of behaviour that um, is subtle and can be difficult to recognise in isolation, which may mean that um, it becomes more difficult to prove. Um, so in February of this year, 2021, the Queensland government announced plans to set up an independent task force to consult on um, the criminalisation of coercive control and the legislation needed for that. The task force will be chaired by Justice Margaret McMurdo, um, the former president of the Queensland Court of Appeal. Um, and we're just still waiting to um, find out. Yeah, actually just pause. Um, oh, that's fine. Where I'm just waiting to receive the report of that um, investigation. Yeah. So how does the federal budget play into this? Um, so the Treasurer delivered the federal budget on Tuesday last week and they announced a 1.1 billion dollar package for women's safety I mean the package includes financial support for women and their children who leave a violent relationship um, additional emergency accommodation for women and children experiencing family and domestic violence and assistance in navigating the legal system, including increased funding for legal assistance services, frontline services, and reforms to the family law courts, which is um, such good news. Yeah, it's great news. So what legal actions can people who are going through a domestic violence situation take? And how can Corny and Lynn assist? Yeah, so first we'd say contact the police. You know, if you or someone you know is in urgent danger because of domestic violence, you should immediately um, contact the police and call triple zero if need be. Um, secondly, we'd say to contact a um, crisis support service. So there are a number of organisations that offer support services to people experiencing domestic and family violence, including counselling, safety planning and emergency accommodation, um, which I'll address them shortly. Um, and thirdly, I'd say um, make an application for a protection order. Um, so a protection order can be applied for by a person experiencing domestic or family violence or by a police officer on their behalf. Um, and it's a civil order issued by a magistrate's court and, and can include a number of orders including you know that the perpetrator be of good behavior and not commit acts of domestic violence um, or be prohibited from approaching locating or contacting the victim or attempting to do so and it's worth noting a protection order can also name other people um, so they might include children or relatives to protect them from domestic violence also um, and if the perpetrator breaches the protection order, um, it's a criminal offence and um, there can be associated consequences. Um, Corny and Lynn lawyers can assist you in applying for a protection order and we also work with a counsellor who has extensive experience in work, working with victims of domestic and family violence. Yeah. So you mentioned before um, 
practical support and assistance for DV victims. Could you tell me some more about that? Yeah. So in terms of legal support, um, I know many people aren't able to afford a private lawyer. And so um, there are a number of um, community legal centres who may be able to assist. And um, there's also women's legal service for yeah, victims who are female and um, may require support there. Um, in terms of practical support, there are a number of um, support services such as Brisbane Domestic Violence Service and uh, DV Connect who can help out. And I know DV Connect um, run a women's line, which is a 24-7 free helpline that helps women who are experiencing domestic and family violence. and. Um, they can assist in arranging practical things such as emergency transport and accommodation and crisis counselling. Um, DV Connect also run Men's Line, um, which is a helpline to offer support and counselling to men who are experiencing domestic and family violence, um, as well as men who are using violence in their relationship. Um, and DV Connect also run something called Pets in Crisis. Um, and they operate this program in collaboration with the RSPCA to ensure pets of families um, who are experiencing domestic violence um, have safe alternative accommodation for their pets um, because they found that sometimes that was acting as a bar to people actually leaving a violent relationship. And um, so Pets in Crisis, they provide food, shelter and vet services for pets, which is fabulous. And then uh, we also work in conjunction with a group called SS Removals, and so they assist um, people who are experiencing domestic and family violence to move out of the home um, swiftly. Um, Yeah, but there are so many support services out there and we'd really encourage you if you or someone you know is experiencing domestic and family violence um to to reach out and get the support you need yeah well we won't wrap it up there once again thank you brooke for joining us today and thank you everyone for listening and be sure to look out for our next legal chatter podcast thank you for listening to the corny and lind legal chatter podcast stay tuned for the next episode of corny and lind legal chatter If you require specific legal advice for your situation, contact us directly on 07-3252-0011 or go to www.corneandlind.com.au forward slash contact.